Hey, so question for you. Have I met you yet? Uh, No, really. What I mean by this is, have I talked to you before? There's so many of you who reach out to me uh, on a very regular basis, which I absolutely love. And we talk, whether it's through uh, my email or you DM me on Instagram or we do a Zoom call or a FaceTime through Instagram DMs. Oh my gosh, there's all kinds of options. And I've talked to a lot of you, but there's a lot of you I haven't. And I wanted to do something where I felt like I, I wanted to connect with more of my listeners and my followers. And so I set up a calendar link where we can just have a 10-minute chat, just you and me. You're welcome to just tell me what's going on with you, with your kids, with your life, or if you have any specific questions, or if you're in need of resources and I can point you in the right direction. A quick 10-minute getting-to-know-you call, a support call, if you will. And I've started doing them already, and they're really fun. It's really nice to just be able to hear your voice and, you know, put a, put a face to the name if we do it with FaceTime. We don't have to, but if we do, it's really nice to be able to talk to you and, and feel like we're friends because I feel like we are. If you're listening to this and you listen to my podcast often, then we might as well be friends because this stuff is personal. And I'm just grateful that you're here and listening, listening to it and, you know, resonating with it. And so I thought I would let you you know that I've started these calls. And if you are interested, no pressure, no obligation whatsoever. But if you're interested in a 10 minute chat with me, just getting to know you, catch up, see how you're doing. I would love to talk with you. And you can schedule that by going to my website. It's ontheharddays.com slash support call. So that's ontheharddays.com forward slash support call. Let me know if you want to chat. I'm totally up for it. There's a lot of different time slots, days. um, And if those don't work for you, but you still want to talk, reach out to me and we'll plan something else. So ontheharddays.com forward slash support call. And I'm looking forward to talking with you soon. Now on to the episode. It takes a village to raise a child. We all know that, right? But what happens if you can't find your village? Because raising your child is really, really tough. What if you are so filled with shame and doubt and guilt and fear of judgment that you don't share your triumphs and your struggles? You don't talk about it because you don't think anyone can possibly relate. Well, I've been there and it was really hard for me to find my tribe. So I decided to make mine. I went out and found these amazing mothers who are also in the trenches, struggling to raise their kids. Together, we are a community. And in this podcast on the hard days, you'll find motivating stories from other real moms who get it. We're going to accept who we are and how we show up for our children each and every day, even on the hard days. Hello, my friends. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a Thursday short Um, I'm answering one of the questions that you guys left for me uh, a couple months back on Instagram. I have a whole massive list of topics you wanted me to discuss in short, hopefully 15 to 20 minute episodes um, from my own personal experience. And I love to do this because I'm used to, you know, interviewing other moms and, and having these amazing conversations for our Monday episodes, which I love. But this is a nice chance too to sort of just 
dump out what I'm feeling about any particular topic that you might be struggling with. And so today I want to talk about advocating for your kid in school. And this was brought up many times. Um, I think the question really is, is how? How do I advocate for my kid in school? Because it's not easy to do. So let me first back up and say that for those of you who asked me that, that question about advocating, I am guessing that you are coming from a place where, first of all, you may have been the type of student as a child who followed all the rules and sort of stayed stayed quiet and stayed in the background and, and just did what you were told because that's the way you were. And if that's not you, that's fine, but that is totally me. And when you have a neurodivergent child, especially one who struggles in school, whether academically, behaviorally, or both, it's awkward sometimes for you. It doesn't feel natural right away to just go and advocate for your kid. I know that I felt like I was expecting a school and teachers and staff to just know what to do with my kid. And that is often not the case. Um, And so it's like, do you go in there guns blazing? Do you come come at it with a, a stern voice and, a, and high intensity because, of course, this is your child and you want what's best for them. And so it's really hard, actually, to like to, to not do that. How do you advocate both firmly but not too firmly? You know, you don't want to come across as aggressive. You also don't want to be too passive where the school gets to decide fully uh, you know, your kid's fine, or um, we don't have any help for that, or um, whatever. So advocating for your kid, for so many moms specifically, feels very awkward at first. And I totally understand this. It does not come to you naturally. Especially when you have to leave the building, right? I feel like it's different when let's say you're out somewhere with your child and you need to advocate for them in a public setting, but you are still there with them. I feel like that's a little bit easier than when you are dropping off your child and you are walking away or or driving away or whatever, and they're on their own in a building and you don't have control over what happens, which probably, if you're anything like me, produces more anxiety because here you are researching your kid to death from the very beginning, you know, spending every flippin' waking moment of your day thinking about and planning how to have a successful day with your child, how, how, how they can have a successful day. And so when you do this level of constant analyzing and thinking and organizing and planning and pre-planning and post-planning, but then you just drop your kid off at school and and leave. And it feels wrong. So I also understand the, the need to advocate because you have just done all of this work. And it is work, years worth of work to figure out what works for your kid and what doesn't. And then you're supposed to just go in, you know, send your kid to school and, and, and hope for the best. That's like, 
that's really hard to do. And not to mention, your child has already come to understand that this is how I thrive best. This is how I, uh, how I do things. And then when staff in a, in a school doesn't understand that, it's like undoing all of that work. So I, I, I totally understand this whole concept um, about advocating for your child. So as you guys know, I am also a teacher. And so 15 years spent in a classroom, elementary classroom, with countless IEP meetings, 504 meetings, just meetings in general, phone calls with parents, um, meeting with parents in the hallway, whatever. Been there, done that a million times. And there have been <laughs> there have been many times when the parent has come on very strong, aggressive. And me being non-confrontational, I almost, as a teacher, like I would be near tears because it, it, it just, I'm taken aback. I get it now from the mom's perspective, you know, going in there mama bear mode, like I get it. But from the teacher's perspective, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You feel like you're being attacked and you're not always sure why. Of course, I know now, and I guess I've always known, but that the parent just wants what's best for their kid. But nine times out of 10, so does the teacher. The teacher also wants a, um, a classroom that can run, a classroom that can function. The chaos that you may find at your house, in your home, as we found in our home, a teacher doesn't want that same environment in the classroom, especially when she or he is responsible for so many other learners whose parents will also be showing up to school and complaining and demanding meetings if the environment is not safe and is, is, is not a happy place to be. And I get that too. I guess what I'm saying is I understand all the perspectives that are involved with tough behaviors, especially in a classroom. Now, you could be just asking about advocating for your kid academically. And so that's, that's a little bit different and a little less intense, I think, although it still can be. Either way, when you have to advocate for your child, here's what I would suggest from both the mom perspective and the teacher perspective. First of all, as hard as it is sometimes, you want to be firm, but, but kind, warm. And the teacher and staff should, should be doing the same. As soon as there is tension, it's really hard to come together to solve the problems and figure out what is best for the child. It's, it's very hard to do that when, when there's an argument um, or raised voices. And so coming at it from the perspective of we are all here for your child to be happy, healthy, and successful. Now, what we define those things as might, might differ, but we are all on the same team in terms of caring about your child. So I recently had um, a, a 504 eligibility meeting for Mr. Six. Um, he's got ADHD um, kind of intensifying by the day, a, a combination of hyperactivity and inattentiveness. Um, 
in school, it's the inattentiveness piece. Uh, and I just don't want him falling between the cracks because he is well-behaved. He's just tuning everything out. And so anyway, to make this story not a million years long, we had a 504 eligibility meeting and it was a, a smaller team, just um, a social worker, I believe, um, the principal and the teacher, and then my husband and I. And all around the table, we were all on the same page, except for the teacher. Uh, she was not on the same page, and she did not see the issues that we were seeing at home. Um, and the poor principal and social worker were having to play middleman, which is a really tough place to play. Now, given that I have sat on the other side of the table a million times, I made sure that I was not coming across as aggressive at all, but yet I was still firm because she wasn't seeing what what I was seeing. And so she was uh, therefore very um, unmotivated to do anything special for him. And that's a problem. And that's not an episode I'm going to get into now, I suppose. But but I knew she was wrong. And I knew that Mr. Six needs certain accommodations to help him through his day. One very standard one simply being repeat the directions or ask him to repeat the directions back to you or have them both uh, verbally spoken and written down, whatever that kind of accommodation. And, and she was, she was fighting us on that. She got defensive. And so I saw what was happening from both perspectives. And I simply said, you know, I said, I, I don't want to make more work for you. I, but at the same time, I really want to make sure that Mr. Six is um, really reaching his full potential. And the principal and the social worker really couldn't argue with me on that. In fact, I would recommend to you guys when you are having a meeting and advocating for your kid that you use the word thrive. I would recommend that you use the word thrive. I did. And that really went over very well with most of the team. And it's, it's true. Mr. Six is mostly well-behaved uh, in school, <laughs> and, but he's impulsive and he's inattentive, and he's out in space, and he's he rushes through his work, he's disorganized, kind of some classic ADHD stuff. Even though, from the teacher's perspective, he's doing fine, as she said. Yes, he's doing fine. It's good enough. He's not a heavy hitter. He's not someone the teacher has to really spend all of her time on. I, I get it. I've been there. But fine isn't good enough. It shouldn't be good enough for, for any parent and any kid. But here I am at the table. So I get the chance to say fine is not good enough. And so instead, what I said was he needs to thrive. I said, I want him to, he's only in first grade, so we need his the beginning of his education to be strong. I don't want to set him up for for years of just coasting through and falling between the cracks. I want him to thrive. 
And what staff member is going to say, uh, they don't need to thrive. Like, no, nobody's going to say that. You can't argue with that. And so I said it. I said it multiple times. There was no way you could argue with that. We all want our children to thrive. But if you get the chance to say it, say it. So when I said Mr. Six is struggling and it, 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 you know, it's clearly not apparent, like all the time, at least not to the teacher. She's not seeing it. It's there. She's just not seeing it. But he is coasting and we need him to thrive. So, I mean, when you're advocating for your kid, especially if you're new to advocating for your kid and it, it's, it feels awkward and confrontational and scary, and I get it, I, I do, I would recommend making sure that you walk in thinking about how everyone wants the same goal. It might look a little different, but everyone wants, everyone wants the same goal. Number one. Number two, you're going to kill them with kindness as much as you can. And the staff members should be doing the exact same thing because we need this meeting or this, whether it's formal or informal, we need this meeting to go smoothly. We do not want tension because it's very hard to come back from that. Very, very hard. In fact, you probably won't come back from that. So coming at it with taking a deep breath, calm, I'm here to make sure that my kid is thriving. Let's work together And if the staff's not saying that, which they should be, but if they're not saying that, you say that. Let's work together to help my child thrive in school. And that is not the same thing as just coasting by. So I hope that helps a little bit. There's no textbook answer, I guess, on, on advocating for your kid, especially depending on how the staff reacts and what kind of environment it, it is, um, so feel free to reach out and, you know, DM me anytime or email me at on the hard days um, at Gmail. And I'm happy to discuss it further from both sides of the table. But remember, kindness, kill them with kindness and specifically use the word thrive. Okay, my friends, this has been another really quick. I kept it in 15 minutes. I'm so proud of myself. 15 minute Thursday short. Um, looking forward to doing these again in the future. And have a fantastic meltdown-free day. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening today. If you would like to talk with me personally, where we can chat and just get to know each other like old friends, I would love to do a discovery call with you. Go to my website, ontheharddays.com, and click on Schedule a Call. And if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so so that you get the latest when they roll out. Not to mention please leave a review if you feel like this episode spoke to you. That way, the podcast will be shown to more mothers. And finally, you can find me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word or in my free Facebook community, On the Hard Days Podcast and Community. If you are feeling isolated in your parenting journey, I encourage you to reach out through any of these means so that I can connect you with your people and support you in whatever way you need.